2: Impactful hour of financial information here on Benzingo's pre-market prep. We got a lot to discuss today. We'll, we'll figure out what companies are going to warn this week. I mean, three or four warned last week. We'll find out triple D's disaster of the day. We'll have Tim Quad Witch coming on at eight thirty-five to talk about uh, the markets after the expiration. We also got some macro news to cover that's moving the markets. Roll it, Mitch.
3: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dig. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day
2: see the screen here to know what's going on in the markets S&P futures down 36 handles at 36 3854 already taking out the low from last week the buck is strong. That's up 22 cents. That's not helping things. Uh, TLT in the red by uh, 65 cents, 106.42. Crude, that's heading to 80 bucks, down 212 at 8263. Gold and silver, both in the red. Bitcoin making a new low for the move here, down $940 at 18,635. And Ethereum futures, they're following a uh, Bitcoin lower. We're down $121 at 1306. So, man, I guess I'm going to have to stop watching football at night and uh, watch 60 Minutes Triple D.
4: I mean, the Lions won, though. We got to
3: stir with the Lions. Oh, yeah. What about about the
2: Finns? What about the Finns? Come on,
3: Mitch. There you go, Mitch. Good good weekend for all of us. Come on. His name is Tua. Don't forget it. Don't good weekend. This is,
4: sorry, we're taking over stocks and jocks here for a second. This is a uh, good weekend.
2: I'm a little worried. I gotta play Tua's little brother on a, on a Saturday. Maryland's coming in. I can't get Mitch or Ooh. not Mitch, can't get Spencer off the couch to come in. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think his name's Talia Vola. So I'm yeah. worried about that. Michigan's you, a 20 point favorite, careful. but uh, scrambling quarterbacks have always always hurt Michigan. But Man, big comeback for the Finns. The Lions held on. I mean, I
4: thought they were blowing it for sure. I think every Lions fan (laughs) thought we were blowing this for sure. We've just been down this road before. So, but we held on, it was a win. You know what? Five hundred so far. I'll take. it. the last time they've been five hundred? Five hundred after two. When's the last time they've been five hundred after, ge- <laughs> after two games? It's been a while. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, great. at least it won't be. Uh, You're a three you and know, one. What year was that? Three years, years ago, we were three and one type of season. Uh, Remember we started I, three and one. And I, and we were all pumped up, and then we lost seven in a row. That uh, was back. Was man, that was like Zaffer. three years ago. I'm losing track of yours here with the. Okay, COVID, but... one
2: good story, and then we're really going to do financial. I know, we got to start getting
4: the stocks. Okay, yeah, people are going to get right. upset. It's not so, a show. and,
2: and I, I bet you no one in the chat remembers this because they're all too young. But my senior year of high school, the Lions started out undefeated. And Man. they came they came out with a song. <laughs> that means
4: they were not 1 0. Your age and oh. your no, they were there, like Joel. 7
2: 0, oh, 8 0. And, oh. and it was uh, another one bites the dust. Have you ever seen that video, Dennis? You've had to see that video. Well, I know the song. Mitch, can you find that video for us? It's lion, uh, a
4: Lions video. It was oh, a lions, lions video.
2: And they started 7 0. And that happened to be my senior year. And uh, my buddies and I, it's a long story, but we kind of made up a satirical skit to it. Oh, and gosh. we did it. we did it during homecoming after they put out the video I think they lost every game the rest of the season
4: that's how it works
2: yeah yeah whenever
4: but, we get our hopes up as Lions fans they destroy our hopes so you know as a Lions fan you can never get your hopes up because you know eventually they're gonna find a way to lose
2: this is way before Barry Sanders too
4: but okay. those were the good years the Barry Sanders years were the good years oh here we go
2: no that's Billy Sims you got a uh, you got another one by this was this was a oh, here we go oh. Oh, this the good is just the, the way it starts out. Go a little it's bit further. It's no, 81, 81, though.
3: No, this was 81, it was eighty-one, at least from what I've seen here. We but, started uh,
4: at year seven
3: and zero in eighty-one.
2: I said it was my senior year it's of high school. I, mean, I. I
3: didn't
4: even know that. I never knew the Lions ever started. Did you
2: find no. another one bites the dust? No, we got we got
4: out. six minutes of entire football. All so right, all
3: right. We'll go. Go ahead. We'll go, we'll get back to the stocks. Back to the stocks. As you can see, I watch stocks, guys, not just football. Uh, okay. But let's get back into it. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about it. Um, Bitcoin coming down fast there. And uh, Joel, you had a question about Bitcoin. What do you think? Uh, no, I just,
2: I, I'm just, I like, I, I have the uh, Scaramucci uh, FTX high. That's the only thing that I can think about. That was know? a wicked
4: little, was that the Scaramucci bounce the five days ago? Yes. Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah. Sell all bounces. In my opinion, just my opinion. I think Bitcoin could see 10,000. I've been saying that. I said it could see, when it was 50, I said it was going to thirty. 20 i'm still going on the bear train i'm sticking with 10 i mean that bk on cnbc was the biggest bitcoin hyper forever and he says he short the thing so uh, anyways there i don't know it's it's tough with risk it's a risk asset it's moving with the overall market so you can just group bitcoin in with all the other stocks and nasdaq stocks here right now because it just moves with the nasdaq nasdaq starts to get out of the gutter bitcoin will get out of the gutter too but it's hedge against you know inflation, its hedge against, you know, market pullbacks here is just not been the the story here in the last year and a half. It might have been the story over a year and a half ago when there was outside people and everybody wasn't the masses weren't in it. But the masses are in this thing now. And this thing just moves with the NASDAQ.
2: All right, we got to get to the macro news here. Let's and
3: go to the major news. Uh, definitely hitting the markets. U.S. President Joe Biden said U.S. forces would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Asked on CBS 60-minute interview broadcast on Sunday, whether U.S. forces would defend? Yes, in fact, there would be an unprecedented attack. Acts to clarify here, of course, if it was unlike in the Ukraine, U.S. forces, American men and women. Would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion," Biden replied. "Yes, I can't. I,
4: I, I that shocks me to be honest. That you know he flat out would just say that on sixty minutes. Like I'd beat around that question if I was him. Um, so obviously, you know, if it looks like if Taiwan does get invaded, we're going to World War III is what Biden's saying.
3: Whew,
4: doesn't sound fun,
3: Joe. So, you got to share with audio. But we've been talking. Me oh, and I so.
4: Me and Mitch have been talking about this for a long, yeah. long time. This is the next big thing for the markets is, you know, eventually this Taiwan situation is going to escalate. This is the scary thing for the market here. It was the reason that I didn't want to own stocks originally. And then obviously, you know, the inflation is still not peaking. Remember, I, I was talking two and a half months ago. I thought inflation was peaking. Maybe you no know, stocks. And it's to the China-Taiwan Ch- situation that keeps me out. I'm scared. We know we've been a month and a half early on this, Mitch but I still think it's a major concern here for the markets and I'm just um I'm I'm scared to be all invested here with this elephant sitting in the back of the
3: room. I mean just last week we got sanctions on Raytheon and Boeing, right? Because of weapon deals and I think this is just going to continue to kind of tempt china i think almost it's getting to the point where there's so much in the news that is battling back of what the chinese government is doing and we know the chinese government they i I don't feel like they're at the point where they're going to go ahead and allow the u.s to continue kind of bullying them pushing them a little bit eventually you know you bully you bully the biggest bully on the playground you get pushed you don't get bullied though you don't get bullied. Any U.S. president would have to talk like this.
2: You just can't cower down. Any U.S. president going back to George Washington would say the same thing. You got to stand up to the bully in the yard. You they right? Didn't stand up to Russia. Well, they're standing up to China. Yeah, they didn't so stand up to. It.
4: Good point, Mitch. They didn't stand up to Russia at all.
2: I, I don't know how's that war going for them over there. Have you read in any updates? How are things going over there for Putin?
4: It's not going, going well prisoners, for anyone.
2: He's letting prisoners out to fight. Uh, and they're re enlisting people. So I don't know. I'm not a war expert, but I wouldn't want Biden, you know, Biden saying anything else. I mean, whatever.
4: There's if a we point, go- to, and I agree with both of you. I agree, you know, that Biden has to put on a strong stance. It's a tough question for him to, to answer. I would have beat around it if I, I, I could have, if I if, if I was a president, I wouldn't have came flat out and said that because now China sees that and says, you know, I I don't know. Maybe that's
2: Dennis, I when you got picked on in school. Did you just like eventually have to go punch the guy in the face?
4: Here's the problem, or get a buddy the, the worst case scenario when you get punched in the, when you're punching somebody in the face, you get punched in the face back. That was the worst case scenario on <laughs> the schoolyard. They don't have nukes, you know. I'm not saying China has a lot of nukes, but China there's a reason she's visiting with Putin and stuff. You kind of see, you know, teams are forming here. It, it's a scary thought, World War Three. Obviously, yeah. you know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at, Canada. North America, I don't want World War Three. That sounds scary when we're talking about nuclear war. So, And it is a distinct possibility if teams start coming up. You've got North Korea is obviously going to side with China and Russia. They've already said so. So just a pile of nukes on both sides, wars, man, I'd avoid it at all costs that's the reason that's the only reason we didn't help out ukraine is because we're scared of the situation that there could be nuclear retaliation
2: yeah i mean if it's china's you know, too you know what but then we're all gone if they if they if they start flinging one then we'll fling a, a dozen and it's over with i can't worry about that i mean i can't i can't worry well, about we can
4: that. worry about it we can
3: stop it from happening well i'm <laughs> we not don't worried about the that. fight. I'm not worried about nuclear you war because if it's nothing. nuclear war, you then I'm agreeing nothing. with you guys. We don't have anything if there's nuclear war. But what I'm more concerned about is inflation. Mitch, that's, is that's the,
4: I, who, let's bring it by, by, Who is that analyst out here that year said there was a 10% chance of a nuclear apocalypse that came out with the paper? But he said buy, <laughs> oh, stocks, <man>. anyways. <laughs> buy stocks anyways because there's a nuclear apocalypse. Doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, who was, who that? was that? That was I, an awesome. I forgot. Paper. Oh, it was a God press for one day. Yeah, it did. It's a 10% price. chance of basically a nuclear apocalypse where we're all dead from nuclear war. Ten percent he gave it. But then he said you he gotta buy stocks anyways, because if we're all dead, money doesn't mean anything anyway. So there's a point there too. If we're gonna worry about nuclear war, you might as well buy stocks. Elon, but...
3: save us, please, save us. SpaceX. We Elon... need to get to Mars soon heard, enough. Yeah, I know. You better <laughs> start
4: stepping on the gas there. Let's go talk. Okay, let's bring it to stocks individually here because we're in thirteen minutes on Lions and Nuclear War. Um I don't even know what to say, you know, where we want to start. This is an everything sell-off. So if we look here and, you know, I come in some days, some sectors are stronger, some sectors are weaker. Today is not that day. It is an everything sell-off. The only stock performing well and really kicking butt lately is my Netflix. Why is Netflix up again here, Money Mitch? We got Netflix trading in the green. I'm looking at the entire screen. 200 stocks, you know, S&P, obviously big movers. It's the only one that I see in the green here today. I threw yeah. you right under the bus there.
0: Um nice. it's, it's it's Oppenheimer
4: upgrading the stock to outperform. Announcing a $325 price target. So that is the reason for Netflix trading up five dollars here this morning. And if I'm looking at the screen, it's the only one really in the green. Out the big majors, you see a few couple home builders were in the green. I see smaller stocks, but out of the, the, the auto zone,
3: man. The auto zone.
4: Well, the auto zone yeah. is where you can get to that <laughs> one. That reported earnings here, but the auto zone. Uh, it's up 50 bucks. It reported. So we're gonna get yeah. that one in a second. But we're starting with the the majors here. Yeah. Out of all the big, you know, S and P companies boys. here, Netflix the only one green.
2: Um. Uh, so here here's my theory on it. Um. The boys got together. The analyst boys got together in the Hamptons over Labor Day, and uh, Jeffries <laughs> and this Oppenheimer guy, and they said, you know what? <laughs> let's let, let, let's 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 make a run in Netflix. Is what they said. <laughs> I'll go first on Friday and then on Thursday or Friday and then you do it next week. I mean, that's right. That's, what's been moving the stock, right? We don't talk about analyst ratings much having an effect.
1: They're yeah, ganging the up.
2: They, well, this is the second one in a couple of days. What is the other catalyst for the a negative market? So, you know, what if Goldman Sachs comes out tomorrow or, or Morgan Stanley? I don't even know if these companies cover it, but, you know, we we talk about analyst ratings. Sometimes they're an excellent fade. Sometimes they gang up together. I remember that one time there was a McDonald's. I can't remember when it was run. It was definitely it was like pre-COVID. five
4: upgrades in a row.
2: Like every day, McDonald's came yeah. in and and got an upgrade. And I, I can't remember. It was pre-COVID. It might have been. Mm, I don't know. You'd have to ask Spencer. Maybe. It might have been in the summer of 2017. I can't remember. But that's what I'm looking at Netflix. The charts are looking okay. Uh, Lisa loves the Stranger Things. I just, I can't watch it. <laughs> I mean, it scares the living daylights out of me. Dennis, you watching that? No, no. Oh, sorry. man. No, okay. Uh, two day high. Have we cleared that? Yeah, we're trading the green. I think about 250. I mean, I'm not going against these two analysts. A pair of highs off the rebound come into 251.62. that's all I can give you here in Netflix.
4: I'm uh, my wife is still long, so I have it in my wife's RSP account. There it's been slowly climbing back. We know I did the double down, (laughs) I'd bought originally when Ackman bought like 325, and then I bought more at 180. So the first purchase was terrible, (laughs) the second purchase was good. It was maybe even 350 when Ackman bought, so it was higher than that. I'm still down in the overall position, but it's been coming back, it's not down much now. I mean, the relative strength great on this stock. I'll say that. The valuation is not crazy anymore. Um, I think on pullbacks here, you know, you're, you're seeing which stocks, there's some separation happening. There has been wicked rotation. You can see that there is some of these tech, beaten down tech names that have been holding up. You know, you get like the metas. So here's two stocks oh, to compare. Meta, meta versus Netflix. Oh. And there's two, <laughs> which two, one two would stocks you <laughs> that are value tech. you you got them in the value tech category. Both the valuations have come down from nosebleed to actually being, you know, under market valuations here. And both going in the exact opposite direction. Meta gets cheaper every single day. And Netflix is holding up. So you can see the separation where a company is actually doing well, which is the case of Netflix, I believe. And then you got the case of Meta, where they're trying to go to the metaverse. And we know metaverse stocks are not having a good year. But I think, Facebook is getting TikTok to death. You know Instagram, TikTok is you know not helping any of these. It's obviously hurt Snapchat, and I think Meta. I've said this before. I've, I've played it a couple times out the 160, but oh. I look at this and I just think this is one of the biggest value traps out there. The value keeps deteriorating.
2: Oh, yeah, that's, uh, metal. well, that 155, we talked about that for a long time. And it's one of those uh, levels where, you know, you have to look both ways on it. It was support, it was support, it was support. And then when it took it out, it didn't even, what, that one day that it took it out, it came back a couple days later and sniffed it. But now you're looking at the COVID low. Uh, the COVID low comes in at, uh, boom, boom, COVID low of this, I believe, is 1%. Where is that? 13710. That's my next downside target uh for meta. And it's all uh, the way back to the COVID low. COVID low, COVID Holy. low. But you, you know, just being on the uh, you know, being on the opposite mean, a lot of end of, yeah, being on the opposite That's end of things because thing, media doesn't like when you know you're negative all the time. You know who's been an absolute champ as far as holding up? I mean, look at this Tesla. Available. I mean, come
3: on. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, it's, I uh, it's been one of the most bullish out of the I big mean, names. It won't sure. go
4: down. You got it. And again, the risk, I love, I love Elon Musk. I've never liked the valuation of the stock. The relative strength is awesome. The risk is that Musk gets stuck with Twitter. If so, it's going to be a binary event eventually when we get a decision on what's happened with the Twitter situation. If Musk loses and he's getting Twitter, Tesla gets hit. If Musk somehow gets out of this with just a fine or just, you know, paying, you know, just a payment.
2: Nothing. Yeah.
4: Oh, Tesla will rip on that. So that's where, you know, you're gonna have, you know, an outside event like Twitter, which has nothing to do with Tesla in itself, is obviously connected through Elon Musk here, and that matters. But the relative strength on Tesla, hey, you
3: can't argue with that.
0: We'll see what happens there. Let's
3: go towards our earning stock of the day, which is going to be AutoZone. Seems like uh, the definitely the used cars parts are definitely pumping out there. Uh, EPS at $40.51, beating the $38.38 estimate. Sales at $5.35 billion, beating the $5.15 billion estimate. AutoZone's fourth quarter, same store. Sales increased 6.2% and a nice little earnings pop getting a lift here i mean if
4: you look at the last you won't see it because it's all odd lots it's funny it's traded so much but every single trade today has been an odd lot so it looks like it hasn't traded today but thats i can tell you if i look at if you get the arc book you can see all the odd lots bid this five shares been two thousand two hundred twenty one dollars <laughs> another one share two thousand two hundred seventeen so it's bid up here at 2220 but you know nothing with size it is bid 2210 for a full hundred shares and 2213. Ooh-hoo! actually for a full 100 shares but i mean this is a thin stock it's a two thousand dollar stock i typically don't trade two thousand dollar stocks because it's so hard to get in and out of i mean if you're trading with one share or five shares i guess you can get in and out of that you got a hundred shares of that it's really hard to work out of it so that's why i typically just don't trade it uh but you know the report so far so good it's held up well you know during a recession you got to wonder you know auto zone advanced auto parts you know people aren't buying new cars i don't think they're going to be buying new cars they are going to be fixing up their old ones So, you know, I I think there's an argument there for these stocks that they, you know, not necessarily recession-proof, but they probably do better in a recession. AAP has been ugly here. I believe they have not reported yet. Um, Or maybe they did. That was the gap down. And then you got O'Reilly. So the three that I pair together are AutoZone, O'Reilly, and AAP. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. The, I, don't know how you trade. Split.
2: I don't I don't know how you <laughs> trade those things, but uh with the AutoZone, I have absolutely no idea where to buy it. But if it, if I was long for any particular reason, I would have an offer out exactly at 2 228797 because that would be one penny from the gap you had a gap oh, at 2287.96 so i'd be a penny ahead at 2287.95 that would fill the gap from august 23rd that's where i would be that's it besides that i had I, you know 1300 shares of traded up 80 bucks i couldn't i couldn't buy i don't I, anywhere i don't i want to know what to do if someone gave it to me at 2150 i mean 100 shares how much would you have to knock it down to get out so there, no, it's just too
4: thin. I mean, to trade in size, like I yeah. said, if you're trading one share, five shares, ten shares, have at it. But you want to get size on in that thing, it's very thin. So it's a stock that I don't trade just because. And people say, well, it's two thousand dollars stock, but I mean, so you know, one hundred shares is only 05 percent, and you know, if you're going down, you know, ten bucks or whatever. But I mean, I don't yeah. want to go down ten bucks to try to get an out. I don't so think it's thin. Thing. These these stocks are thin, and these stocks are really dominated by off exchange market makers because. They can get, you know, obviously in and out a lot more easily with, you know, not being able to, you know, just being able to take the opposite side of retail trades. So it's a stock I just don't trade for those reasons.
3: All right, let's keep going. Price impact. Let's get out of AutoZone. Let's go to Wix. I don't know if anybody has used Wix, but activist investor Starboard valued uh, revealed a 9% stake in the website development platform Wix. That's starboard. good and
4: everything, and starboard's good and everything. You're coming into resistance zone. We're in the sell the rip market. So with all that, no thank
2: you. Yep. Uh, just touched 79 bucks. Not going back far on the daily. You see 7960 in 8095. Those are two two potential levels. I've seen starboard though. No. I've seen them really move some stocks. Maybe this isn't the best market environment, you know, to, you know, just have this crazy runaway day. Uh, But two daily, if you're looking for potential targets on the upside, there's a couple for you.
3: All right, let's go to, uh, let's do take two. Take two uh, is getting some news here after a hacker published the authentic pre-release footage of development of Grand Theft Auto, uh, six and so here you guys see the most anticipated video game from take two interactive software being kind of a like pre-release deal here by the hacker putting it out there and take two definitely getting hit on it
4: i sold my take two last week into the rip Whoa. Um, just again i was just raising cash <laughs> this is after the cpi after the cpi came out like it did i was like this is not good news for the overall market and i went in and i basically sold everything i had recently bought You know, I'd recently bought Take-Two, sold it. recently bought FCEL, sold it. You know, this is a long-term account. So I want to get myself back up over 50% cash and the stocks I just bought. I'm like, I have new information. I thought CPI, like the rest of the world, was going to be at least, you know, coming in slightly light. When it didn't, I was like, that's new information that I have to process immediately. We know I was selling stocks as quickly as I could that day. Take-Two was one of the victims of my selling.
2: What's going to happen here just under 118 where Triple D bought it? Uh, they're low right at 118, and then uh, you got three lows right in the lower mid, 117 handle, 117.5. Haven't hit it yet in the pre-market. I know nothing about Grand Theft Auto or any of those games, but uh, I do know that there has been prior daily support. And that's also some monthly support too. Wow, look at this bottom right chart. This thing's been clinging to one twenty. I'd be kind of nervous if this doesn't reclaim one twenty real quick. <laughs> Joel,
4: <laughs> Sorry about are you okay? You alive?
2: I just tried, I, I tried. I,
3: I got. That was you, such man. I a quick you. sneeze.
2: That was such a quick sneeze. I couldn't go to the mouth. You I couldn't, couldn't go the to the mute, mute button. button.
3: Well, you, well, you get a, over a thousand blesses. I know you got it out there. So uh, oh, there yeah. you go. Wow. We'll Woo. Bless you, Joel. Bless. Woo! You. No, some Flair a
2: you, Joel? I was doing my Glass Rick Flair. I was doing my Rick Flair after he hits a dude at the Benzinga
3: Woo! Woo! I loved
4: Rick Flair. I was a huge Rick fan. Let's not bring it back into sports, though, because no, the, no, the no, WF's let's sport, not. But we're, it felt like a sport bad sports, sports a fans
3: out there. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to uh, Piper Sandler upgrading. Array technology solar stocks have really been pushing. Say that solar stocks can surge another sixty percent. um It's been, you know, a pretty good environment for solar. Oh, unbelievable.
4: There, let's look what we've been saying. There's separation happening here, and you can clearly see. You know, you got the lithium stocks that just don't seem to pull back. You get the solar stocks that just don't seem to pull back. And then you've got, you know, if it doesn't have, you know, the hot, hot story, which still is solar and EV to a certain extent, like the lithium plays off them, it. And, you know, Tesla's always held up well, too. They're throwing it out. And, you know, it has been, to, to you know, saying, you know, we've said ARKK has actually held up fairly well yes, in this recent yes. sell-off. This sell-off has not been the gross sell-off. It has been the value sell-off. It's been those stocks that people have been hiding in saying, you know, like the metas, that's lower P.E., how low can it go? Well, the fun thing is with math, when you got a P.E. of like 18, it goes to like 12. Oh, you lose 33% of your money. So, I mean, it can happen actually very quickly. You know, you see like stocks out there with P.E.s of 7, they go to P of 6, and then a P of 5, and it's like, boom, there's a 30% fall in the stock price. So... Low PE stocks can sometimes be very dangerous. This has been one of those environments where if you got the value, you're looking at value stocks, it's been those stocks that are beginning hit. People keep saying, what's happening to the oil stocks? I mean, the oil stocks have been absolutely ugly here for you know the last uh, like couple of weeks here anyways. So we had the nice rally in August and everything. But since then, you're seeing just a rally. Caterpillar, another one, another example of a value stock selling off. Deer looks like it's ready to fall off the cliff, Joel, if you bring up that deer chart. And I just went through a whole bunch. But go to the deer. I took it away from Ray because I don't want to talk to small stock. Deer, yeah. DE, head and shoulders here all the way. Look at this one, Joel. We're, yeah. we're bouncing a lot of charts here right now. But just giving you a feel. Letting you know, like this is like the value sell-off here.
3: But, but I again, also think that growth's been sold off too, though. That's that's the only thing. Not I think it's really a yeah, lot. Arc. Here, Arc Mitch, looks okay. Though. Look at Arc. I mean, but Arc is hanging on mainly on biotechs. It's not because they're software names.
4: Yeah, but Zoom, Zoom hasn't went down in two weeks. It's just hanging out. You know, Peloton really hasn't went down. Like you're looking at these, you know, really. I mean, you know, I would go to the tech, the kind of
3: tech names like Nvidia, A and B. Those have been getting hit hard. Qualcomm, Micron. Have they really, though? I mean, they've went down a bit, but not as bad as the value.
4: It feels like it's value every day getting hit. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it's selective perception on my part. But, you know, Roku is another one. It's held up. It's held up. Yeah. It's, I mean, see, I all these put, things have been hit I, so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's like seller exhaustion is what it is really in these stocks. It's not that these stocks are all of a sudden good. It's just the fact that everybody is
2: <laughs> Not going down as much.
4: Yeah, it's seller exhaustion. You know, we talk about buyer exhaustion all the time. This is seller exhaustion on a lot of these stocks. So, and I don't know if that changes anytime soon. So, not saying you're safe to come in, but like I said before, the reason I said back in May, I, or in, in June too, that the arc low, 52 week low was in, it's just I, I felt like it already, like it's down 75% from the highs. I mean, there's not value there, but the people who wanted out
3: got out. I guess I'm a software hater, uh, but uh, yeah,
2: but Microsoft and those companies you're talking about, those I, are ma- those
3: are value. Well, I didn't those say Microsoft, a- Nvidia, AMD. Okay. Yeah, I, but I didn't it's say not Microsoft, those. But...
4: No, you know what? We should separate it. You've got like value, and then you have like tech that's got reasonable, or you know, at least making money tech, and then you have the Kathy stuff that doesn't make money. You know, and it's those yeah. stocks that don't make money that have actually held up the best in the last month, I would say. So you have like three groupings of stock, pure value, the, gro- the tech that's, you know, got reasonable valuations, a little higher valuations, but the cash flow positive, they're making money, you can throw the AMDs, and the NVIDIAs and all that in that same group. And then you have the nosebleed valuation tech where they don't make money, they're just trading on story. It's actually that group that has held up relatively well in the last couple of months.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's not, you know, they've just gone down less on a relative basis. And if you look at Kathy uh, compared to that May low, I mean, that's going to be, if, if you can make it through the rest of September, you can make it rest of October, November, December, Dennis, and that low holds. I think that that, that call on that May low, I think uh, it could, I think work. could be the call of the year. I, I really um, do.
4: And then I we really go do. and you look at, you know, and Sabrina's saying, look at a stock like Oracle. I mean, this is pure value tech. ORCL. Look at this, Mitch. This is what I'm talking about.
2: Oh my lord, I know. I mean, look I at know. this. This
4: was a stock that actually reported and they decided they kind of wanted it and, and then they pulled the rug out from under it. It wasn't that good. That of was a all report. Adobe. It
2: was not a it was well, that, that good that's a good
4: that point. That was too. all that was all that didn't Adobe. help. That didn't help.
3: <laughs> Adobe drove those down. That didn't help.
4: Yeah, but help, that was, was after they point.
2: reported. And yeah. And then but some Oracle analysts. Is, is, what's the P yeah. on
4: Oracle? 12, 13? Like these are the kind it's of stocks I'm talking about. Meta. Oracle, you know, these these like, oh, it's safe to go on these because they make money. The P is reasonable. It's under market multiple. Yeah. You know, every analyst on CNBC coming on there. And when I say every, I mean a lot of analysts. Somebody else say, well, somebody didn't say that. You say every, you know, everybody jumps all over your words here when you're doing a live radio show. Yep. But, I mean, uh, I'm looking at these stocks and I'm like, these are the ones. Microsoft, too, to a certain extent. Microsoft is value tech. And, you know, yeah, it's 24 times, but it's still kind of value. It's in that, you know, making money. It's been that Microsoft sitting right there. It's 52 week low. Yeah, it
2: is. It is. So
4: there has just been separation happening. The rotation, and I can feel and this is probably why I've had a tougher trading month, because there's this wicked rotation and you're caught on the wrong side. You're seeing some stocks go up, some stocks go down. I mean, today in the morning, everything is red, but I'm going to tell you, there's going to be separation here again today. You know, just as much as Netflix is green, there's going to be some stocks that all of a sudden just turn around and start catching a bit. And you got to know if you're day trading, there's groups of stocks and then they all move together. Like the consumer staples on Friday were all down and then they turned around and they all started going higher, you know, just, you know, quietly. And, you know, obviously it's not every stock, but I'm looking at them. You know, there was a lot of, you know, even healthcare stocks that turned around and started catching a bit. So you got to know your groups and you got to know how everything's trading and how everything's related. But there's certain sectors that are just outperforming other sectors. This has not been an everything sell-off.
3: All right, let's go into maybe some earnings stocks for later this week. Uh, you got Costco on the radar, uh, Darwin Restaurant, General Mills, Lennar. But let's do Costco first.
4: And here's a risk, too. It's seen as, you know, Costco is seen as this recession-proof stock. But the nosebleed valuation has always been there. But people are hiding out there. I'm scared with Costco. I'm scared with some of the utilities, but I've been wrong with the utilities for a long time because they keep holding up for whatever reason. I mean, they haven't really gone up for it, but they haven't sold off either. So these stocks still just are being held on because they're seen as recession-proof. And if you're going to recession, utilities, people got to pay their hydro. People got to eat and they go to Costco. That's why there's still money hiding out in these places.
2: Uh, f- went. We've gone twice in the last couple of weeks. We went to different ones. When we went on Saturday... The parking lot was full, but the lines weren't bad. I mean, it, it seemed kind of empty. So I don't know about the uh, the Costco indicator. Uh, you've, had a, you've had a nice, you know, pullback from 540. I'm just looking at this area ahead of the report. I think if people are going to, you know, if this is going to rally into the report, maybe hold this 493.62, uh, uh, bad day, you know, CPI day. I mean, it's just a tough chart. I mean, if you're buying it here, You look at this 480 to 490 area, 480 to 500, there's really not much in there. Uh, If you're looking at a shorter term today, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that closing price of 504.14. You may get a look at Friday's low, 497.30.
3: Yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, Costco. The one that I've been watching that I don't know why it keeps holding up is BJ. Um, Very similar business. Keeps holding up on the daily, looks strong i don't know i mean
2: i looked at you mentioned this the other day i mean you know when they when that 75 buyer goes away then you know we'll see are they going to step up to 78 now but look at that four days in a row right there it's seen oh. as
4: recession proof you know yeah, these, I... where you going and people got to eat still people are yeah. hiding in these names You have money managers that are hiding in these names the one thing to consider is that this is a crowded trade so you know eventually i know we've said this before and we've seen this before if the markets start to get ugly enough, they start selling everything eventually. And we started to see that happen, you know, back in May when they started hitting it all. And then they turned around and had the huge August rally, you know, and a lot of these stocks came out of the gutter. Remember what the utilities did back in June? They rolled over 10% in about a week. And you're like, what happened? Crowded trades come off and they bought them back. But it's just, you know, I don't know. Like, why am I sitting in a utility stock? This is my question. Why am I in a utility stock like XLU? For a two, three, four percent dividend, and some of these are two, three, four percent. When I can just go buy, you can just flat out buy Treasuries now. You can go, you know, Canada, buy GICS and get four percent, and they're completely risk free. So if you're sitting around trying to collect, it used to be like, oh, I want to get that, you know, income. I need that four percent. You can get in risk free assets right now, at least if you go, you know, get away and, mm-hmm. and, and even, you know, looking, you know, Canada. I mean, fairly safe, mm-hmm. you know, Ontario's never defaulted, you know, on anything here i just got an email
3: i just got an email from A- ally uh bank telling me about 18 month uh treasury four percent i'm i'm like well i mean that doesn't sound too bad um so it, it there seems you go like-
4: there's the tina trade we've said this before the tina trade is dead what does that mean there is no alternative is dead there is alternatives now to many stop. alternatives yep. don't count that out and if interest rates have to stay up for the foreseeable future People will look at that. I mean, I had a bunch of preferred stocks paying me five percent. I sold them all because why am I going in a preferred stock with risk for five percent when I can go in a non-preferred stock with, or, or or when I can go into a GIC which has no risk unless you know Canada's gonna, you know, or unless we're gonna get these major bank defaults happening here, uh, but these are insured, you know, up to you know certain amounts. I don't see why take on that risk, and I think eventually. Other investors are going to say the same thing here. That's why I don't
2: think I would hide in utilities right now. Let's see where Tim Quast or Tim Quad expiration man. He nailed it. Let's add him to the stream. You nailed it, and, and you, you got to like when I when I interview you, you got to interview me. You got to come back. And I was like, I was like, Tim, you're saying the markets rallied. There's all this overhead supply out there. Go out there and just short the diseases out of the market. Why don't you – you? because you said – and I'm, and I, that was my exact <clears> question. I go, oh, the market's rallying, but there's still a lot of supply out there, huh? A lot of sellers out there. Well, Where I are the can't... buyers going to come from now, Tim?
5: <laughs> I can't come close to your inimitable way of describing it, Joel. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're correct. We talked about this last week that uh, <clears throat> when you look at the supply in the market, that there's the probability that the beatings will continue until morale improves, as the, as the old saying goes. Yeah, the, uh, and when we say supply traders, uh, and if you're not familiar with with uh, the way that I think about the market, I think of it just like any market. There is supply and there is demand. Uh, demand comes from you and me. There are you know, the investors and traders. There are folks who trade derivatives. We'll talk about that. A uh, very important thing to understand. There are people who trade prices, the folks we can't compete with. And then there is supply in the equity market, just like there's a supply chain in any market. And the best way to understand the supply chain in the stock market is to look at short volume, not short interest. We've, you know, we've got this, we've got this Fed meeting coming up on Wednesday. It's actually Tuesday and Wednesday in the statement on Wednesday. Well, the Fed created short interest in 1974. This SEC had nothing to do with it. There were no electronic markets, no exchange-traded funds. There wasn't even an index fund until December 31st, 1975, as I recall. I was pretty young then. (laughs) So the point is that that short interest, which everybody talks about, is a a largely useless metric in a market that is 100% electronic, over 95% algorithmic, probably close to 97% and where the market makers are exempt under certain provisions from having to locate shares to short. So we look at short volume as a supply measure, and it is at all-time record levels. I heard you talking about utilities. It's at all-time record levels in utilities. So you're absolutely right, uh, Dennis. You don't hang out in utilities if more than half of all the trading volume is coming from supply that is artificial, borrowed. Uh, or created by market makers. And it is at record levels. We just have never seen anything like it. Now, maybe it, maybe that all works out. Uh, but clearly, if, if the supply side is overweighted, any decline in demand, any hesitancy by investors and traders is going to hurt the market. And so that's what we saw.
4: Tim, a lot of things have changed since you were on last Monday. And it was a great call by you, obviously, to be taking profits into this because... We absolutely have seen just nonstop selling really since the CPI data came out It's four days of just ugliness. We're continuing that trend here this morning. Do you any, see anything in your data to indicate that, hey, maybe
0: it's time to start nibbling here? And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifeemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. No.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to softball this. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I would, you know, there's always something to trade. Uh, you know, I could I could look at Clorox and make a case for CLX, but, it's, it, but it, we're down to that. You know, I can't say, we'll go trade this sector or, uh, you know, the, the FANGs or whatever we're calling them now. I can't say that because uh, the data just aren't very good. And if I can here, I'm going to show you this. This to me is the best answer. I would like to just look at where the market was at June options expirations, July options expirations, August expirations, and now options expired Thursday and Friday uh, last week. And uh, new options trade today, and it, it's a very important time to look at what is occurring uh, in the market because it will be a good harbinger for what's going to happen. And so, if I uh, successfully, I'm on a, but you can see I'm in New York City, so that's the, that You're is actually everywhere. the H- where Hudson where is, where, where Hudson River this? behind me. Oh. Uh, so I'm at I'm at uh, 43rd and Eighth. At the Westin Times Square, and uh, so I've got a great view at on the thirty eighth floor here. What are you doing at NYC? I'm uh, I'm speaking on market structure for the American Gas Association okay. Investor Relations Workshop. Nice. I'm going to describe, you know, why why you can't do what FedEx did last week. You know, <laughs> stuff that you don't, <laughs> don't want to do. Don't well, warn. <laughs> I'll be
3: in New York on Wednesday, it's, Tim. I'll come you by.
5: Warren in this well, market. I, I wish I was going to be here, but I head back to Denver tonight. It's I man, it. do you see that Tim
3: just—he's
4: everywhere, just, man.
5: He's everywhere. He's
3: everywhere.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Life's short; you got to keep moving. You know, so, so, a- Got to keep moving. The, that's a quote for you, there. The, this is this is supply and demand in the S and P five hundred. So we—the gray part of the graph is SPY. So great proxy for the broad market. Uh, the green part of the graph is a, an algorithm that measures the way that investors and traders buy and sell stuff. And then when there's more buying than selling, which is difficult to determine in a market driven by algorithms, which are designed to deceive everybody, but we can get a good read on that. And so the, 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 as the green part of the graph rises, there's a top. And when the green part of the graph bottoms, there's a bottom. And down below, here's, here's the supply side, short volume. This is what I mean about a record level. It is way over the trend and continuing to rise. But look at this, where, it, where these little green things are, these are options expirations. So here's June. So demand was near a bottom in June and supply plunged. Well, what's the market likely to do? Rise. Any, return, any returning demand is going to lift the market. So then we get to uh, July options expirations, and the market is way high yet, but bottomed at, uh, by 56 well, that's pretty strong. It's bottomed again, another bottom. Well, the market then soared from there. And look at this colossal drop in demand or supply. It's one of the strongest and steepest declines in supply that we've ever seen. And the market exploded all the way up to August expirations. It was a great, you know, the SPY was at 430 again Mm -hmm. after getting down to 385. But look what happened. This is the top from a demand perspective. There are options expirations and the market imploded and supply exploded. Here's the trouble now to me. This is what concerns me. Mm-hmm. This is a, so we are at a, we're at a, t- or are closer to a top for <laughs> sentiment than a bottom and supply is off the charts. Well, that doesn't give me the warm fuzzies. I could look at that and say, we could go all this distance back down. In, in addition to what we've already retreated, look, I'm not saying that'll happen. None of us want that to happen. But these data, if you want to know when to buy the market, buy the market when demand is rising and supply is falling. Don't buy it when demand is just about topped and supply is still rising. That's not a good time to be heavily exposed to the market. That's just, a, you know, it's a basic supply demand economics conclusion.
2: So you're saying supply is still very high here.
5: Look at that, right? Joel. I mean just here's this what this is telling you is here's 50% of market volume. This is the trend line over a this is a uh, a 90-day period all the way back to June June 16 through through Friday. And and this level so we're we're never before have we recorded levels of short volume in the S&P 500 composite stocks that is over 50% and it's been there now for wow. more than a week. So yeah, that is and it, it, the trouble with that is what that supply will drag the market down further unless somebody consumes it. Well, as you said Dennis, you were talking about interest rates. Well, who's going to buy stocks that are falling when you can buy 4% fixed income securities? That's, you could buy 2-year treasuries. Yes, it's a big problem for the market. There as you said, there is an alternative. <laughs> it's an alternative. You could yeah. earn 4% or you could put your money into the equity market and risk losing 20%. Well, which thing seems more appealing? That's the challenge. There are always things to trade, but we have to realize that those conditions exist. Yeah.
3: Tim, yeah. what are your thoughts on uh, FDX and their uh, warning during an option expiration date?
5: And Well, they clearly didn't check with you, did they, Mitch? Right? No, so, they did
3: not. But, they, they, sh- they didn't give out the memo. Um they,
5: and there's, there's a twofold lesson. There's, there's a lesson, traders, for you, if you're going to bet on what a company is going to do, what they're going to report. And Hedge funds generate two thirds of their returns betting two weeks before and two weeks after around earnings events. So there's a lesson for us traders. And there's a lesson for public companies. I mean, this is a this is a thing that disturbs me as a guy who spent 28 years in the investor relations profession, that the investor relations team at FedEx was not in the room to tell the executive team, don't report or don't put these results out as the options that expi- that were, the September options exp- uh, options are about to expire. Why? It's a very simple reason for public companies. And then I'll talk about it for traders. If you release news, as options are expiring, which are fully time decayed, meaning they've, they've lost almost all of their value, all of that will be marked to zero. And the new options that trade today will incorporate that. And what's the problem? Well, about 20% of FedEx's market cap hinged on options, derivatives. Well, all of that gets marked to zero and it's gone. And there's no possibility of seeing those the, uh, those options get retraded because they're gone. And now it's baked into the new series to boot. To boot. So it, all they had to do was wait one day, just wait one day and report that news after the close on Monday. Why? Because a new option series trades today. And it will not have that information. So it won't get marked to zero because it's also got 30, you know, it will run all the way till October 18th or 19th thereabouts, maybe the 21st. So you've got all this time for people to trade those options and restore some value to FedEx. And that opportunity has been blown because they didn't understand it and they didn't have the IR people in the room to make sure that happens. Do you think, That's the you lesson think, for public companies. So
2: you don't think it would have went down as much as if they would have done it after the close mm-hmm. on Monday?
5: Well, it Theoretically, it,
2: theoretically.
5: It could, it, rather than 20, maybe it goes down 17. You say, well, what difference does it make? Well, the, here's the difference. Now those options will continue to trade and they will be very attractive for traders. Will I buy an option series that has lost significant amounts of value that has a long way to run? Well, sure. Because if I buy them, I might be able to turn around and sell them to somebody else for 75% more than I bought them. Well, that's a great trading opportunity. And all of that gets baked into the pricing and valuation model that algorithms use. That's what you have to think about. Too many people spend all of their time thinking about what are the thinking people doing? No, 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 no. The, the market is run by machines. So you have to think about what the machines do. The machine. And that's what's being missed here. Right. Spots. The machines are in charge. And so for, for traders, too, if you know, if you it, here's because you could look at this and say, well, right before they reported that news, demand and FDX was rising and supply was below trend. Everybody was betting long they were going to be buyers of the new series of options trading today. So if I'm looking at that I would say well there's a reasonable chance that the stock could rise. It's not back to five by any means. I like to buy stuff that is five or higher because there's excess demand. but this is this is how you get caught out traders. you don't want to do that. Don't beware that during options expirations no matter how ferv- fervent your belief is that something's going to go well, if it's during options expirations you can get chop blocked. And so don't, you know, beware and don't do that. Tim, right. just a, it... you,
2: you piqued my uh-huh. interest here just real quick yeah. um, with the investor relations. Uh, yeah. You're doing it for a long time. Could you share with us like the biggest investor relations disaster that you've had to deal with? You don't have to say the company.
5: <laughs> well, I had one. You know, this was a long time ago. I've been out of the IR chair for a long time. But I was in New York, uh, you know, running around with the CEO and CFO of the company and it was a thursday after the evening we were having a great you know really nice dinner because that's what you get to do when you run around with the ceo and cfo and uh, and 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 we i get word from the controller that the treasury the are or the the that the treasury analyst who's who's functionally responsible for what happens in the treasury department had suddenly resigned and the ceo and i look at each other and we say well well that can't be good why would he suddenly resign turns out making a long story short there was fraud in our Treasury Department, and over two hundred million dollars of Treasury money had been moved around, and Russians made off with part of it. Oh, wow! So it ended up with an FBI sting, and our CFO had to resign. That was the biggest IR disaster yeah, I, I have been I could... through, Joel. But wow. uh, it's uh, it, that, that's way before all the machines were running the market. Today, there's you know the the I've seen many disasters this way. You know with Snap. Reporting during options expirations, not realizing that if you just get outside of it, you'll be better off. Let traders help you. Don't harm
3: them. Great point. Great point. Is there any area that we can look for some trades, Tim? Well, here's
5: so notice my Benzing September 9 portfolio. You know, what I love to buy is rising demand and falling supply. Well, look at the components of this. There are five elements in here, passive money is leading them. Healthcare is the lead behavior or uh, sector. And look at this, demands rising, supply falling. So that's the stuff, if I'm going to trade anything that I'm going to trade. And here are those stocks. They've, this is a you know exclusive to Benzinga to be able to see what these things are. So to me, the best stock in that list, I already mentioned this, Clorox. It's because it's a five. It's a stable stock, but de- the supply side has plunged. And so I look at that and say, well, that's probably where if money's going to go anywhere to try to protect itself in a market that is very volatile and risky, it goes to Clorox. And notice that Clorox was up on Friday with options expiring. And then I'd add in Bristol Myers Squibb, surprisingly, Match, Boston Scientific, uh, DraftKings. It just means that three of those are more healthcare related, and so those are that's why healthcare is the, the principal group. But there are some ideas. Again, it's a risky time. I'm not going to be trading much of anything until we get out of VIX expirations on Wednesday, which will coincide with j hiking yeah. rate 75 basis uh, 75 yep. or 100 basis points. You, you so know point.
4: you know where else no. money goes, though, and where money is going? We can clearly see it. It's the U.S. dollar.
5: Oh, I mean, no when, question.
4: When, and and you know, everybody thinks the U.S. dollar leads. I will tell you right now, it's the equities that are telling you where the U.S. dollar is going because as the equity markets go down, people are buying U.S. dollars. And no you're seeing, and, you know, just as much as they're going to Clorox, they're going into U.S. dollars. This is why the U.S. dollar continues to show strength. And, you know, obviously that trade can reverse as well, but I'd almost rather own U.S. dollars than Clorox because at least I don't have the individual company
5: risk in that. I heartily concur. Uh, there, there's no question, Dennis. If you look at, if I look at the full data set for the Dixie, uh, sure. the, the dollar index versus a, a global basket... Uh, my my machine's slow here. here. Here we go. Okay. So it's starting to draw this maybe. But the, the, the point is we're at 20 year highs for the dollar. I can't get it to show us this, but you have to go all the way back to two, 2001 to see the dollar as strong as it is now against other currencies on the planet, which means we ship all of our inflation to everybody else. <laughs> That's yeah. what it means. And so the whole planet gets hammered by what the, happens to the dollar. And the dollar is very, very strong. Because why? Because instead of ex- expanding the supply, we have indicated we're going to decrease the supply. The, it, the curious thing is, if you look at the, S, the Fed's balance sheet now versus September 16 last year, it's still half a trillion dollars larger today than it was then. And already the dollar's at 110. Yeah. And you can think of 100 is about parity. So we're 10% more valuable than everybody else's currencies put together and we're still hiking rates and we haven't even seen the Fed shrink its balance sheet. It's only down about $60 billion on an $8.9 trillion value. So yes, we could continue to see that and it is an issue, no question.
2: All right, that's great. Uh, Tim Quast out there in uh, New York City, Market Structure Edge joining us here on this Monday. Not not as, uh, I would say... Not as bearish as you were last week, but I I can't I Doesn't can't really throw you I, I can't throw you into bullish bullish camp yet. Yeah, There's no buy.
5: stampede of bulls. For no, him, no, here on, no. I don't see the, you
2: like you know on Eighth like Avenue going kissing that bull in front of the New York soccer Exchange or anything.
0: No, that's not right. Yet.
4: Not yet. One day they have not we'll Get them back next Monday. We'll see if things sink. have changed again.
5: Okay. Oh, All oh. Right. Wait, you, Tim. Wait, guys. I in. I'm in Italy Monday. Oh. So I think oh. You can't come oh. in from oh. Italy? Italy?
3: I don't Why? know. It's a tough time. Should you get
2: that out of office memo? <laughs> um,
3: I don't you? know if we're going to allow this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did we approve this?
0: I'm not <laughs> sure we
5: approved this. We may have not, I might not have Processful submitted compliance. A, a
3: request. Oh, 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 <laughs> that's what happened. He didn't submit the request. There you go. <laughs> have a good one, Tim. Take care. Bye, Tim. You guys too.
2: Hey Dennis, just just one thing about owning um, the dollar over um, Clorox. Yep, is you, is you don't have a way to fight um, COVID.
4: Ha! So if the COVID
2: rocks.
3: <laughs> yeah, look at this guy, that. Joel throwing the COVID puns. <laughs>
2: All right, we're rallying, Dennis, why are we rallying? What is going on in the market? We're up 24 and a half handles off, or we're down 24 and a half handles, 20 handles off the low, trying to get to mid-range on the session. What are you what are you seeing out there? Where are the buyers coming from?
4: You got to give a perspective here. And I had multiple people reaching out for the weekend and saying, Why won't the market sell off? And I was like, What? What? <laughs> we just went from 410 to 382. <laughs> in five in four days basically we just sold off nine percent or not eight what is that 40 35 yeah yeah we just sold off like eight percent in four days the overall market eight percent in four days that's not a a (laughs) sell-off that's a disaster that's a disaster is what that is so we have sold off so you're coming in selling stocks now i mean this time to sell stocks was before CPI or right after it printed when I was like, get me out 405 SPY, 403 SPY, 402 SPY. Just get me out because this is not coming back here today. That was my opinion. And obviously, I got paid for that opinion. And it's continued to go down 200 handles since then. But now we're 382. Now we're coming back to the June July lows. Not saying it's a case to come in and buy stocks here, but I'm not selling we're not. We're now. not there yet. I may be it. selling with like. A Half a hand on rallies, so we got We got two, we got, a,
2: we got a long way to go to get to those uh, those June lows. But so we sold off eight percent in four no, days. No, I know a lot know. of
4: times you sell off eight percent and then the next week sell off another eight percent. You know it what? Might I'm, looking, happen. I'm looking forward Maybe to this. Tomorrow. Is going to be the week. Maybe we know if we go to war or whatever, this is obviously going to be the week, but it's not going to happen. But I mean, I think we're still in this environment where there's going to be some chop. I, I think if you haven't raised cash now, I'd wait for another rally to raise cash. I don't think I'd be selling into the 8% four-day fall.
2: Guess who's coming on tomorrow? Who's that? Craig Johnson.
4: Let's get him in here because I want to know the I full know, case. I, how we get back to all-time highs? And I love <laughs> Craig, and Craig has been right so many times. Um, so and he's still, I don't, I'm curious if he's still of that same opinion. Yes, I because I keep
2: like, besides having these guests on the show and spending hours and hours preparing for that, I keep in contact with these guys, right? And he was calling for 3,500 and we blasted off. And I, I said, Craig, did you know, did we miss the bottom or are we coming back down to 35? And he's like, he was firm, he was firm in his stance that. We were gonna retest the low. Now y'all know I don't want to retest. Yeah, but then the Craig low. said
4: we're gonna make all time highs by the end of the year. But we haven't, 35, we haven't tested thirty
2: five. We haven't tested thirty five hundred yet.
4: He said we're going down <laughs> thirty five hundred, and then we're gonna make new all time yes, highs by the yes, end of the year. Yes. I mean, I don't know how we're gonna do Neither all do of that in three months.
2: Up, Craig Johnson tomorrow right here. I gotta hear the story. We're gonna have to find out,
4: Craig Johnson, because Craig in. is usually he's been right a lot on this show. So I respect his opinion very much. I would love to hear how. We I'm get telling you, highs. yeah.
2: Unless I'm misquoting him, and if I do, I'll. No, I'll, no I'll he was apologize. on the show.
4: I know he's making new lows, take out the lows of the move, and then eventually making new all-time highs. By I don't know if was the end of the year, but it was very, you know, he was very bullish after we made those lows that we eventually to the bull thesis. Yeah, I, I, I still want to know. know the bull thesis. I can yeah. see clearly the bear thesis here. The bear thesis is all around us. I want to know the bull thesis.
3: Yeah, even the bulls are starting to kind of get more towards those June lows. Uh, a lot of people were starting when we were up there towards past the 420s. They were like, no, we, we're not going back down there. Now it seems like uh, almost everybody is in that camp. Um, and we're going to keep watching to see what happens in the markets today. Of course, it's uh, about to be nine o'clock. Uh, last little levels on the spy to watch today. Oh, I'm trying to
2: draw a hopeful trend line here after June low. I like Um, that
4: hopeful trend line.
2: uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we're in the red. Um, I'm not seeing any chance of upside here until we establish a firm bid over 38.73. bears are totally in control, uh, to that point. Um, pre-market high after that under this uh under your low uh your, you you took out Friday's low so for those that were hoping for the the low on the quad witch expiration right now that scenario is out the door. Um, and my next daily low comes in at uh thirty-eight thirty seven seventy-five. That's your July eighteenth low. But uh I'm gonna let you guys finish it up. Uh great I, show I'm out here. Too. It's we didn't get to do another one bites the dust. I could not find the video because I think dun, we'll get dun, in dun, trouble. Dun,
4: yeah. dun, 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 Jimmy Spider
2: Man Allen I was the one dun, that did it. Dun, dun, Everyone great, have a great day. Great
4: Queen song, great.
2: Back with you later on.
4: I'm out too. Mitch, I know your dance. Dance right into he's dancing into his next show. He's ready to rock. Got to dance, more money much.
3: dance, dance, dance. Keep it going, guys. We're going to keep it going here, like always, right here on Benzinga. Let's go ahead. Let's get it going towards live trading now. And a little bit later, we'll have, of course, some futures action. We'll get into stock market movers. I will have some analysts on like we always do. So come on over at 1 p.m. Eastern to stock market movers. And later this week, I wanted to let you guys know, guess what? Benzinga is going to be joining the Qualcomm Investor Day. Yes, they called Chris and I. They want us out there. Chris Ketchy and I are going to be also doing a New York Stock Exchange tour with Jay Woods. So stay tuned. We got a lot of content that's going to be coming to you in the next week or so. So, right here is where you want to be on Benzinga. Stay tuned for that. And then, coming on now, we got some live trading action. I'll see you guys on over. Let's see if we can make some money. Let's go.